decided to do something in the Bible, decided to do this in the Bible. Um, so in the Bible, I want to go through, there's seven examples of fasting in the Bible, which kind of gives us an idea of what fasting was used for and sort of how it looks. So the first thing that fasting was used for in the Bible, um, and often, I fa- let me, let me, I wanted to be a bit more explicit as to what fasting really is, because I want, it needs to be clear before we go through these things. So often people won't eat food for fasting, for example. They'll only have water. So for a day or two days or three days or four days, whatever, they'll only drink water and deny themselves food. So they'll be very hungry, but that denial of themselves, they'll use that, that kind of almost suffering or pain or uncomfort to then be worshipping God through that sort of thing at that time. Um, people do things like, there's different kinds of diets, and if you Google it, there's things like the the Daniel fast and other different different types of fast and people have different things but effectively often it's food uh, or people will just drink juice like different kinds of juice Some people, sometimes people deny themselves certain types of food to like rich type of food and they'll only eat things like vegetables and water um, so that's the food side of fasting um, but also people fast other things in their life as well so you can fast things like television or films or your mobile phone <gasps> Um, or something like that. So you, you can, people fast different things and remove that time then to focus more on God. So uh, one, one of the first examples that we see about fasting is when Jesus fasted to prepare for ministry. So before, the, he, before Jesus went out and ministered, so around about 30, we think it was, he was like 30 years old, um, Jesus went on a 40-day fast. And that's a long old fast because he did like the whole no food thing. Um, and that's a long, I'm not saying go home and don't eat food for 40 days because there will be some medical conditions in the room if you all did that. But Jesus did it. He spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness fasting and praying um, before God used him on earth. He spent all that time before the throne of God and it talks about a lot of time that he was tempted by, like Satan was tempting him to eat food and was showing him visions of all the things he could have and do and if you're really um, the son of God you could do all these really cool things. Um, but Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the wilderness to prepare himself for the ministry he had. So he wanted to spend that time really connecting and focusing with God before he went out and ministered. And Jesus did, I'm sure you'll agree, some pretty amazing things in his ministry, right? So for him, um, in that example, so there's Matthew, uh, so in the Gospels, there's Matthew 4, uh, chapter 4, 1 to 17. There's Mark 1, 12 to 13. There's Luke 4, 1 to 14 that tell us about this time that Jesus went out and did 40 days and 40 nights to fast. So, to prepare for ministry. That's why some people fast. That's one of the reasons in the Bible people fasted. To seek God's wisdom is the second thing. So it says in, in Paul, and, Paul and Barnabas, um, we're, we're trying to find out who can be the next leaders of their church, of the church they were part of. And it says that Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church with prayer and fasting they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So they spent time praying and fasting before making that decision because they wanted to connect with God and understand who the right people were to be the elders of the church. So to seek for God's wisdom is another example of people fasting, trying to hear from God. Another, another demonstration is to show grief. So I think a lot of the time, in, especially around this era, um, like mourning and grief and you'd wear certain clothes to mourn um, and you would do certain things like you wouldn't, you know, in fact, even in more recent times, like like, um, like Downton Abbey days, but what sort of time was that period? Like late 1800s, early 1900s, people would 
would mourn with things they wear as well. So if you'd lost your husband, you wouldn't be going around wearing like a nice pretty yellow dress. You'd be wearing something more um, some somber to show your grief. Exactly. Um, but in, in uh, Nehemiah 1, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, uh, Nehemiah mourned, fasted, and prayed when he learned of Jerusalem's walls had been broken down, leaving the Israelites vulnerable and disgraced. So for, for in that situation, it was, um, fasting was to show grief over that situation. Another example, so number four, um, is to seek deliverance or, or protection. So Ezra declared a corporate fast and prayed for a safe journey for the Israelites as they made the 900-mile trek to, from to Jerusalem from Babylon. So that's um, in Ezra chapter 8, 21 to 23. That's an example of praying and fasting for protection over a, over a particularly difficult journey. So um, if you know something's coming up uh, that you want to get through or a difficult time, fasting relates to that as well. Another example in the Bible um, of fasting was to repent. So after Jonah pronounced judgment against the city, then the version of Jonah and the whale, and he went into the whale, and then the whale went spat him out in the other place in Nineveh um, the king covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the dust he then ordered the people to fast and pray and Jonah 3.10 says that when God saw they did and how they turned from their evil ways he relented and did not bring on them destruction he had threatened so in that case fasting was to show the repentance for the error of their ways um, almost like I'm being serious like I'm really sorry you know, this, this is me humbling myself before God because I'm actually really sorry for what I've done. And um, when, when saying this, though, it's, uh, only, uh, this, to repent and to fast is a difficult subject um, post-Jesus because God gives us forgiveness through grace, right? And you don't have to fast in order to get forgiveness of things in your life. But this was a, a physical sign that the king ordered his people to do because he wanted them all to corporately show their, their forgiveness. So it does, there's no requirement in, 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 the, um, in, in the good news and the gospel that you have to fast in order to get forgiveness. You have to fulfill a penance in order to have that thing done. That's why Jesus came down. But to repent, to, show your, to, to humble yourself before God is certainly something that the Bible tells us people did. Um, to gain victory... So after losing 40,000 men in battle in two days, the Israelites cried out to God um, for help. And it says they all went up to Bethel and sat weeping before the Lord. They also fasted that day until evening. The next day, the Lord gave them victory over the Benjamites. And again, like we, we, were, we were talking a while back about how praise comes before the victory. Um, and this, in this situation, it says the people, they didn't just pray and ask God, they actually fasted as well because they wanted that victory. They were, pray, they were fasting to get closer to God to have that victory in their life. Um, that was the sixth example. And the seventh example is to worship God. So Luke 2 tells a story of an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna. And in verse 37, it says, She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna was devoted to God, and, was, and fasting was one of her expressions of love, her love for him. So those are seven examples of how fasting has appeared in the Bible. Right? And there's loads of times you'll read it, and like you said, they'll just say, it will just say, it will say it in a verse that they fasted over that time. And we often talk about um, the biblical principle about giving and about prayer, all these other things. We often skip over fasting. So it's, it's good to talk about it today and bring in that subject. And I'm, I'm by no 
means the authority in fasting. And there's lots of different opinions about certain things in the Bible, um, which makes it difficult sometimes to interpret the Bible. And we have to pray and, and, and trust God and understand what he's saying to us about certain subjects. But I think fasting is relevant today. And there's a seven examples of how people fasted in biblical times. So to prepare for ministry, to seek God's wisdom, to show grief, um, to seek uh, deliverance and protection, to repent, to gain victory and to worship God. Seven different examples of how people fasted in order um, to improve their relationship with God and what they were doing. So should we fast today? Yeah, I reckon we should fast today. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it's not something I've spent much, my, my, my entire relationship with God, I haven't done much fasting. I've done some bits, but it's not something I've ever focused on. Um, and it's not something we ever, and the reason why is also because it's not something we ever really talk about. Do you know what I mean? So if it's important, let's talk about it. And why is it important to do? And I, I listed out five things that I think really that fasting is designed to do or to help us with our relationship with God. Um, am I making sense so far? Yeah? Um, so the first thing is, I think fasting draws us closer to God because we're removing things out of our life. So it's moving us closer to God and further away from the things that are in front of us in our life. So for example, if I spent a lot of time watching Netflix, if I do watch a lot of Netflix, um, you could say that that thing isn't bringing me closer to God, is it? That's me watching stories and films about other people's lives and it's switching off and whatever. But if I was to devote my time rather than watching films on Netflix to fasting, that's something that's drawing me closer to God. And I'm moving from something that's a pleasure to me. I enjoy watching films or series on TV, but it's something that's helping me connect with God. So by denying myself that entertainment, I'm using that time to get closer to God. So I think that fasting really draws us closer to God so we can understand what he's saying to us. The other thing is, fasting puts God at the front, not at the back. So rather than me not wanting to spend that time that I could be using to entertain myself on Netflix or on YouTube or eating Ashley's Amazing Cooking, for example, I'm using that time to sit before the throne of God and put him in front of those things. So what I'm saying by, by fasting those things, by removing myself those pleasures or those things that I want or and need sometimes, I'm saying God is more important than those things. So as much as it is a spiritual thing, for us as people and humans, it's a mental thing as well because we're saying we're physically, intentionally putting God above our own practical desires. And in those examples, uh, we, we say it helps us hear from God and understand his will. So imagine you have a situation that you're praying about, an awkward situation. Who has difficult situations in their life? Put your hand up. I was hoping they would all put your hands up. But, uh, if you have a difficult situation in, in your life, put your hand up. Yeah. Difficult, difficult situations. Sorry, I'll slow down. If you have difficult situations, put your hand up. That's what I said. But it helps us to hear from God and understand his will. So that, that time that we're not indulging ourselves or we're not just going about our normal way, that time we're, we're spending um, intentional time fasting and, and talking and praying to God 
that's time that's helping us get closer to him to understand his will. So we saw in there that, um, that Paul and Barnabas used it to see its God wisdom before choosing someone. So how often do we go into a complex situation and really give it the time to fast about it? How often do we go into a situation and really give it the time to even pray about it? Half the time. You'd be like, oh, I really need prayer for this situation. And then we leave it there. You know, oh, I really want God's help in this situation. And we leave it there like it's a genie. What we have to do is, I wish for this. We actually don't even give it the time, really, to sit there and pray. And why do we pray? We pray because we can have a relationship with God and talk to him. And we pray also because it works. And we fast because we get closer to God and we, and we can hear what he says more. So it helps us in those situations when we don't know what's going on and there's so much busyness pulling you away from it. Sometimes the very situation, let's just say an example to make it practical, is something at work's happening and there's a really awkward situation with a colleague who's potentially getting you in trouble and you want to deal with that relationship with that colleague. And rather than spending time praying about it and or fasting about it, we just go and deal with it. But the more we think about that situation, it makes our guts all churn and we feel anxious about it and nervous and we're scared about it or uncomfortable about it. That that feeling is actually pulling us away from God as well because we're thinking less and less about what God will do in the situation or how I should handle the situation. We focus more and more about it and actually fasting can help us bring us back to that point where we can really focus on what God is saying to us about that situation. And if God asks you to do something crazy, like pray for someone, that's not really crazy, that was just a turn of phrase. If God asks you to do something bold to go and pray for someone and you're really unsure about it and sometimes God might ask you on the spot, like, go pray for this person or go talk to this person. And you can't just go, hold on, I'm just going to, I will in five days' time. I'm just going to fast for five days and then I'm going to decide whether I actually pray for them. Sometimes God will ask you to do things and you've got, boom, go for it. Or you miss that chance and opportunity that God's given to you. Other times, you might be sitting at home thinking, oh, I need to have that conversation. And all I'm saying is, fasting is something that can help us connect with God and understand more what he's asking for us to do. I think also it teaches us, a God, the fourth thing, I think it teaches a godly discipline. It teaches a godly discipline to really put aside our own needs and put God first and be dis- disciplined enough to go for the fast. I mean, I've, I've tried fasting once, like, for like, I did like a 21 day, I'm only telling you this as an example, just so, but I, mean, I did 21 day, I went to do 21 days of no social media. I got to like day 10, right? And then I was like, I'll just, I'll quickly check on Facebook because it might be important and then Suddenly I was watching videos of dogs and puppies again. And then before you know it, I was going through all these kind of fails and, and I go back into my deep, dark hole of funny videos on Facebook. And then I was back into a bat, you know, and I broke completely stopped doing what I wanted to do because I didn't have that discipline and I hadn't taught myself over time to, to fast and, and, and be disciplined in that time and, and use that time to pray and to just sit before God or worship or whatever. I, I find it difficult and I hadn't developed that discipline in myself. And I still haven't in many ways, right? So I think actually fasting teaches a discipline to be able to focus on God. How many of us find it very difficult to pray before you start thinking about something else? Yeah, I'm not saying that's, a, that's not like a sin. I'm not saying that's a sin to do that. But I'm saying actually teaching ourselves some godly discipline is a good thing to be able to do. And the, the more we do these things, the easier it becomes to be able to do what the Bible talks about in fasting. And also, the fifth thing to say in why fasting is important, the fifth thing is that the Bible is quite clear in the Old and New Testament, to the Old and New Testament, that his followers will fast. 
He's quite clear. He just says it. People just, it's like an assumed thing. You're going to fast. Like that's something that you'll do in your relationship with God. You will fast at some point. You know, you'll be doing fasting. And I think for me, I always thought about fasting as being like, I was saying to Ashton earlier, like the, like either for monumental occasions, it's like this big thing. I have to plan for it emotionally in my head. And I'm going to do this like crazy long period of time with this really difficult thing. And I'm only going to fast over really big situations in my life or over really big problems or when, when things are going on or if I think I'm really far away from God. So it's like my get rich quick scheme, you know. So if I fast, that will make up for the two years I haven't been praying much or not been, not been following God. So fast is going to be bring me right back into the fast lane. Woohoo! That's not what fasting is about. I think fasting is actually something that that we should be doing pretty regularly in our life as part of our relationship with God. Like, not as a big deal every time in our own self, but something that we do fairly regularly to help develop our relationship with God. So, here's some practical things about fasting, about how we as a church can fast and how individually we can fast. Because in the Bible, it does talk about corporate fasting. So, like, a group of people all in agreement on a certain thing, and they're fast. like, for example, the the fasting for victory. So the Israelites all fasting together as a group, collectively, corporately, because they wanted to have that victory. So they said, you know what? I'm going to put aside all of our practical things. I could spend this next night training and thinking of really good tactics and strategy. Actually, what I'm going to do is spend the whole night fasting instead and listening to what God wants to do. That's what they did collectively, and that's how they got their victory. So we can do it corporately or personally and privately in our own walk with God. We might be fasting in our own things about certain things. Um, so here's some practical tips to help us on our way. And I think this is something that's really important. Um, and actually, it's, really, it's also why it's really important we talk about it. Because if you listen to Matthew 6, 16 to 18, and you don't... <laughs> sorry, I said that Bible verse, and I watched Mark try to work out what Bible verse it was in his head. The CV would go, yes... You, you give very good like, like feedback with your face, and I appreciate it a lot. I can see all your faces when I'm speaking, so when you give me positive feedback with your face, I love it. If you fall asleep, I don't like it so much. <laughs> but Matthew 6, uh, 16 to 18 says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for, when they, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is only is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice you are fasting, except your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Like, fasting is an intimate affair. When you're doing it personally, it's something that's very intimate. And when it's corporately, it's, even then it's intimate between you all. You're not walking like, you know on like Instagram or on social media, if you go for a run and you take a picture of yourself, you want to be sweating because you can see the sweat part, you know, that like I worked hard, like hashtag week 10, you know. Um, and it's almost, count, this whole fasting thing is countercultural to what we, what we do because it's not about anybody else. It's not about showing anybody else. It's not about consuming everything we can, having access to everything, but denying ourselves things that we want. And it's about keeping it private so no one else sees it. It's about your relationship with God as you and God. So if we are all doing this, and you could all well be fasting right now, and you're so, you're so humble, 
that I don't know and that new Christians around us don't know we're fasting because we're just keeping it to ourselves. Amen. And we should do that, right? I'm not, I'm not mocking this verse. It's a true verse, but also we need to educate people practically who have become Christians recently about this stuff so they know about it as well. And people here might not know about it. I learned a lot studying this for this message this morning. So the first thing is, in terms of practically speaking, it's something between you and God. Yeah, It's not to show off. It's for you and God to have an in your prayer. And like, you can tell someone close to you that you're fasting, right? It's not like a secret. Like if, I, if I, you know, one thing happened, I remember my brother, right? And he, my brother's brilliant. And he fasts quite a lot. Um, and it's right to talk about it, isn't it? It is. It's fine. I'll talk about it. And, um, and he was always conscious that he had bad breath. Because if he wasn't eating food, your breath can get a bit stinky. But it's a real thing. Like, if you're just, all you're drinking is water, smelly breath. So he was always popping chewing gum all the time so his breast smelled nice because he didn't want anyone to notice anything different about him which is cool and he's ginger and he's pale anyway so when he was really hungry I mean he just looked pale and it was like whatever do you know what I mean like he was just a pale crispy man um, but I asked him for chewing gum once <laughs> and it was really funny because I was like oh, I can have a chewing gum because if you've got chewing gum in front of me I'm going to ask you if I can have some because I want that chewing gum at any time if I see you popping chewing gum out and I look at you and we make eyes I might not say it, but offer it to me because I want it. It's just, a, it's just a thing. I want it all the time. If you have chewing gum, I want it. I don't know what it is. It's weird, isn't it? Like in an office, you don't put your chewing gum on your desk. People ask you for that thing. Like that chewing gum's gonna last like 10 minutes. You put it in your drawer and you hide it away, chewing gum. And I asked my brother for it. I was like, can I have some chewing gum? And he was all shady and was like, no, you can't have, I don't want to give it to you. But he's also very nice. So he was like, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, Ross? <laughs> yes, you can. Give me the chewing gum. I want some chewing gum. And he was like, I wasn't really a Christian at this time. He was like, I just, I'm fasting at the moment, and I don't want to give you chewing gum because my breath smells, and I want to hold on to the chewing gum so that people don't know that my breath smells. But don't tell anyone because I'm fasting, and it's private. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. Just give me one now and I'll buy you some later, please. You know, that didn't deter me at any point. But he was so secretive and he's brilliant. I'm not, I'm not mocking. I love my brother. He's so funny, honestly. I love talking about him every time he makes me smile. Um, one day I might just do like a little segment on Ross so when I can use him in more talks later on and you can all relate to what I'm saying. But he... Um, but like he was, that was a practical example, like, and he was terrified telling me. I'm not sure that was when he was young, and I was young as well. And like he could have told me, like you know, just, he could have said like, to be honest, Wes, leave me alone, annoying little brother. <laughs> I just want the chewing gum breast smells a lot, and I'm not, you know, that's fine. But it's something that we just keep private. We're not showing off to everyone all the time. Okay, I got massively sidetracked. Ross is a bad thought for me, isn't he? Oh my goodness. I was his best man recently, and I and I did a speech all about mocking him, and. When I talk about him, I just want to mock him. It's terrible. Please pray for me. Um, so it's private. The other thing is, and this, 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 uh, this is what I was learning about when studying for today, because I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about, right? And this is the thing. Like, we can start small with fasting, right? If our relationship, if we're going to grow, if, this is, if fasting is going to be part of our relationship with God, something that we do fairly regularly, we can start small. Like, no one's asking you to swim across the channel, channel tunnel. British, oh, no one's asking you to do something really crazy for a long period of time. You can start small and incrementally fast with God. 
Like, you might, if you, if you are doing, if you're wanting to fast food, right? If you're wanting to, let me separate those words. If you're wanting to fast, comma, food, not fast food, because that's McDonald's, that was. If you're wanting to, no one got that, I'm going to carry on. I keep, I keep, I'm so distracted today with my own jokes, for goodness sake. But if you wanted to fast food, you can do it in fast from food. Yes, thank you. If you're wanting to, <clears throat> if you're wanting to fast from food, you can do it incrementally. Like you know, you don't have to go and do everything at once and do do a whole week. You know, you could even fast. If you wanted to fast from food, you could do a meal. You might say, do you know what? Tonight at dinner, I'm going to fast from food tonight, and I'm going to pray for a period of time and commit this to God. And maybe next week you might do the same. And you might remove another mood. You might even do a whole day at some point. But you don't have to do a whole week because if you're sustainably wanting to include fasting as part of your life, you need nutrition in your body. And if Jesus did like a two-year fast of no food, he'd be dead. Yeah. So we, we have to be realistic and practical about these sorts of things because it's a godly discipline that we learn and we grow in. So we can start small and increase over time. Even if you're not fasting food and you're fasting something like TV, you might want to fast TV for a night. Do you know what I mean? Not the whole week, just the night. And that one night is the time you're humbling yourself before God and, you, and you're growing in that discipline with God and, and, and coming closer to him. It, and it will become easier because you're used to doing that and denying yourself. If you, and it's almost like in the new year when we deny ourselves everything, don't we? We deny ourselves, like if you're a smoker, I'm not going to do any smoking anymore. I'm not going to drink any alcohol. I'm going to lose five stone by February. I'm going to do exercise every day. I'm gonna, and you have all these things that you want to do, and you do so much that you actually do so little because you can only do like a day or two and you're done. What's that? Your goals are too big, exactly. And like fasting, treat it like that. You know, you can, do, you can start small. And spend, like if God's really telling you to do something like for a, a extended period of time and you feel, really feel led to do that, then listen to God rather than me. <laughs> Let me just say that. But you can start small and build it into your relationship with God. That's something you do fairly regularly. And then also planning what to do with your time. Remember when I, when I first started um, fasting, actually it was really funny because she, I didn't really think about what I was going to do in my time. It's like, I'm not going to go on social media, but I am going to watch Netflix. And that was, what's the point? What, what, what really was the point in that? Because I'm not really denying myself and not really actually fucking. Ash is like, shouldn't you, shouldn't you um, like, I don't know, go and pray or something? So what are, you, what are you doing with your time instead? So actually, thinking about it, what, what are we planning to do with our time when we're fasting? While we're not eating food or when we're not doing something else, what are we planning to do instead? What's the plan? What, you want, what are you going to actually do? We don't have to be so spiritual that we have to float through life and say, God's going to lead me to what I'm going to do next. To say, I'm going to pray instead. I'm going to worship I'm going to listen to worship music. I'm going to, um, I'm going to, you know, watch a sermon online. I'm going to, I'm going to do these, this thing is what I want to do. And if God speaks to you and says to you to do something, then do that thing. But you can also just plan your time. So you're not just keep removing something and not filling something instead. That makes sense? Another thing, and this is important, especially in, I think, our culture. Because in the biblical times, fasting was like a kind of, people knew that, right? It was a, a normal thing. If you tell someone who's never been to church or doesn't know what fasting is, that you're not eating food because you're fasting, they'll be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you not eating food? Or why are you not doing that? And if you suddenly just 
start treating your friends like you know if you if you are fasting food for like a week let's just give this example and every week you see your friends for dinner and that's how you hang out and catch up every week if you suddenly start bailing the night before you're doing that you're not being considerate to other people around you so we can fast but still be considerate to other people so you might want to say for example that you know, let them know I can't make dinner every week for the month you know I can't make dinner this time and in advance you're not just bailing and letting people down around you you can actually be aware of other people so whilst you're trying to fast and connect with God you have to be aware of other people around us and how that impacts other people I can't you know if, if Astrid had then made me a meal and I go sorry I'm fasting tonight babe and she just made me like a really delicious food meal that's not going to be nice to her because she just spent all that time preparing dinner for me so we have to be aware of other people around us and how that impacts us and often our relationships are hinged on food and drink so if you're suddenly going to cut food and or drink out your life for like a period of time and you still have friends, then you might want to think about how that impacts them and how your relationship has changed by that. And if you only connect over things like drinking, for example, that might be a question as to what else you want to be doing with that friend. Is, is that a healthy relationship anyway? Just saying, there's a different tangent. But be aware and mindful of other people. And, and also, you know, practically speaking, I said earlier that your breath can smell if you're not eating food. Like practically, your breath can smell. But also, you can get grumpy. Like I get grumpy if I don't have enough sleep or food, big time. So we have to be aware of these things going into fasting. Like it's a biblical principle, but we're still human beings, isn't it? It's human beings denying ourselves to connect with God, and there's practical consequences to doing certain things. So if we're not going to be eating much food, we might be feeling grumpy. And we have to be aware of that. Like if I'm fasting at home and I'm constantly snapping at people around me, like Astrid and and my friends. That's not an, a godly example of my behaviour. It's kind of counterproductive. So if we're doing something like that, we have to be aware of other people around us. It's not just about us because we're fasting, we're being holier than thou. We need to be still effective with our friendships and relationships and commitments to other people. Some people will have medical conditions, which means they can't fast food, fast from food. And that's fine. Like if you if you can't medically fast from food, then you can fast something else. Yeah. Um, but I think I think practically we need to start thinking about this, and I want to start talking about this more as something that we do. And we're doing this prayer team, which is exciting, and we should be fasting together corporately as a church and individually in our relationships with God. We've been talking about growth quite a lot lately. And this message like, isn't like something that I was thinking, you know, I'm not coming in saying I'm passionate about talking about how much God loves us and not talking about this, because God loves all those things. Today, I really felt led that we just need to be learning more about these sorts of principles and applying them to our lives. Like, it's not out of date. If we say, I hate this, Ash knows I hate this phrase. If we say, oh yeah, but it's 2020, or it's 2019. If we just say, oh, it's 2019, it's out of date, then half the things we read in the Bible are out of date and we can't apply anything to our life. Like, this is countercultural stuff. Fasting is countercultural. People won't understand it. People in church don't understand it. People who've never been to church in their life certainly won't understand what, what you're talking about when we're fasting. So it's, it's something that we have to talk about and be encouraging each other to do sometimes in our own life because if we're going to grow with God, one of the ways that we can do that is by fasting. We can connect with him. And the, the annoyance is fasting is inconvenient. And I, 
and I guarantee is people go home today and they won't fast ever or for the next six months because it's inconvenient, because it's, it's calling yourself to make a change, to, to connect to God. So why would I want to do that? Why would I want to stop watching my Netflix series tonight just so I can pray? That's inconvenient. And I question myself on this. Like, if I'm unwilling to do something to God, do something for God, because it's inconvenient to me, how important really is God sometimes in my life at that moment? If I'm not prepared to miss a meal, if you medically, medically can't miss a meal, then fine. But if I medically can miss a meal, I'm not prepared to miss a meal because I'm going to have a little bit of discomfort. I'll be a little bit hungry. But I want to connect to God. If I'm not prepared to do that, then what does that say about my relationship with God at that time? I think we have to be prepared to be uncomfortable. In fact, I'm adding that to the list of five things why it's important because it helps us get uncomfortable. Serving God is not always comfortable. In fact, serving God is often very uncomfortable. If you look at the 12 disciples who followed Jesus around, they will be very uncomfortable a lot of the time. And I think we have to be prepared to be uncomfortable in following, our, in following God. We have to be prepared to sacrifice things of this world, to sit before God and really pray and think about what he's asking of us and connecting to him and demonstrating our humility to him. Because we are fallen, we're falling short all the time, but, that, but fasting is an opportunity and a way for us to connect to God. So it's something that I think we should include more in our relationship with God in 2020. Does that make sense? Do you disagree? Good, you're awkward again. I like asking rhetorical questions that you can't actually answer because you'll be awkward and you don't want to be awkward. But honestly, I'm, I'm in, in sincerest, in, in really in seriousness, we're in life groups, we are a church t- together. Um, this is me talking to you about fasting, but like, let's do this. Like more regular, let's talk about in our life groups. Great. Like if you've got questions, come talk to me. Talk to your life group leader. Talk to your friend who you know has, has been a Christian for a long time. And sometimes your friend who's been a Christian for a long time might not know the answer. I likely won't know the answer, but we can pray about it and go on that journey together. But let's let's start doing this. Like, it's important. There's a reason why it's mentioned in the Bible so often. It's not because it's a nice to do. It's because the Bible is telling us something that's fundamental in order to get through this life. To stay on the path that God calls us on is quite narrow. You think about it. Like everything around us is pulling us away. Our fear, anxiety, our jobs, our children, our health. Everything distracts us from what God is trying to do. And fasting is an opportunity to put that aside a little bit and give more time to God and inconvenience ourselves to develop our relationship with God. good I think that it's something that thank you um, and it's something that we just we need to be we need to be doing exactly I need to be talking about it we need to be doing it let's talk about it let's be doing it 
SB Avenue. <laughs> but um, I want to pray now. You want to say something? good no it's good it's good and like <laughs> um but it's good and i think it's nice that that we can say these things like it doesn't have to be me saying it like we can share our knowledge on this stuff um because as i'm saying now going into ministry if you want all the answers from me <laughs> go to google <laughs> no but i'm not no don't actually google. googling is scary for christian stuff because there's lots of weird, weird crazy stuff but no but do talk, do come to me but i'm saying that let's just go through this together let's start fasting and let's pray. Should we pray? God, um, Lord, we, we come before you as just these broken, messy people, Lord, and we get things wrong so often, Lord, and we, we lie, we sin, we get things wrong all the time, we forget to spend time with you, forget to say thank you for things, God, we just get it wrong all the time, yet you still love us, God, and you still give us grace, God, you still um, want us to hear from you, you still want us to have a relationship with you, God, and I just pray that, that we can just learn to walk with you more, that we can learn to serve you better, we can learn to hear from you more, we can learn to prioritize you more, we can learn to and put you above our own needs, Lord. We can learn to put you ahead of our own desires and ahead of our own plans and ambitions, God. I pray that we can learn to be better servants to you, Lord, and that we can be more effective at the things that you want us to do, Lord, through that, through that obedience, Jesus. I pray that we can become more obedient, more effective, and reach people around us more because we're following what you want us to do, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.